Well, this morning we continue on our series, An Old Testament Christmas, reflecting back through Scripture and into the Old Testament in order to understand the power of Advent and Christmas, reminding ourselves that Christmas does not begin with the birth of Jesus, but it is a story that is woven into the fabric of creation and into the pages of Scripture. And as we look back into the Old Testament, we discover the Jewish people, a people who were familiar with suffering and pain, a people who found themselves in captivity at many points down through the generations and often found themselves living in the valley of the shadow of death. And the question comes for such an oppressed people, for a people familiar with suffering and pain, what hope could they cling on to? The hope that they clung on to was one of a story. A story of one who would come and lead them out of captivity. One who would come and be the great comforter and bring them joy. And bring them a promise of a better day ahead when his kingdom would come and when he would reign and rule and his peace and security would be known. You know, hope is vital when we are facing suffering, especially if that suffering seems relentless. We know that many of us too have been struggling this Advent season, perhaps with a sense of suffering and grief. Many of us have mourned this last year. Not just the loss of loved ones, but the loss of being able to make memories with loved ones. Many of this has been another year that has passed without being able to mark special occasions. Perhaps missing out on first birthdays of grandchildren. Missing out on graduations or weddings or other special times. Or perhaps even more painfully, Missing out on what could have been the last opportunity to have Christmas with a loved one, knowing that the years are passing by. Perhaps another Christmas will not be possible. See, pain, loss, and grief can be experienced on multiple levels, not just at the loss of a person, but often at the loss of things that we cherish in everyday life. We see it not just in our own lives, but we see it in conversations with others. And I think of some of the conversations I've had here in this building. I think especially of those who have come to Scotland and to Glasgow, often fleeing war and oppression and pain in their own countries seeking shelter, seeking safety for them and their loved ones, something we would all consider doing if we were in the same situation. As you listen to their stories, there can be a grief. And just in separation from people whom they love, but also grief and separation from their home culture and language and simple things like food and traditions and all those things that just make home home. That is a story that is familiar in scripture also. We think of God's people in the Old Testament 
repeatedly separated from land and culture and finding themselves as aliens and strangers in a foreign land, whether oppressed in Egypt under Pharaoh or in Babylon in exile. They experienced the grief that went with that loss of culture and identity and home. And often those words of grief and lament are seen throughout Scripture. Think of those well-known words in Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs, and our tormentors demanded songs of joy. And they said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Not the people reply, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? Their joy has gone and is replaced with this grief and depression. God's people endured suffering and separation for many, many years. And often it left them asking the question, how long, O Lord? You're asking the same question this morning. How long, oh Lord, how long will this pandemic go on? How long until I can see my loved ones again and just embrace them? Other questions like, how long, oh Lord, am I going to have this health condition? How long is it going to rob me of that quality of life? As we think about that suffering and pain and grief which is common to everyone in every generation. This morning I want to draw our attention to the book of Isaiah, chapter 64. And it begins with this powerful prayer of longing. It says this, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. Here are God's people crying out to God. And what is their prayer? Well, their prayer is that God would tear open the heavens and just come down and be present with them in their circumstances. What a powerful prayer that is. Here within the Old Testament, there is this perceived separation between God and his people. God was in the heavens. They were here on earth. Yes, occasionally they had these divine encounters where God would make himself known and reveal himself. But so often he seemed hidden. As God's people experienced suffering and as they mourn, their prayer is, if only God could be with us. If only if only God would tear open the heavens and come down and be with me in the midst of this situation. Here are God's people here in the Old Testament. They're in the wake of the Persian rule. Their city and nation has been sacked by the Assyrians. Then the Babylonians who have destroyed the city, destroyed the temple and carried them off into exile. And 70 years pass and then Cyrus and Persia come along. They liberate the people and allow them to return home under God's providence. But on their return home, that time that should be so joyful, actually their grief was multiplied as they began to look around. 
and their home life was in ruins and their future uncertain. And perhaps that's you. Perhaps this pandemic has wreaked destruction and left much of life as you know it in ruins. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe the future is uncertain. Maybe economically your life is in ruins this morning. And you're looking around and you're just thinking about how am I going to rebuild my life? How are we going to rebuild this economy and nation? How even are we going to rebuild perhaps things like church life and religious spiritual life? And there's an uncertainty and it leaves us lamenting and grieving. And there's a gravity that we feel in our hearts and souls about what might be ahead. Perhaps in the midst of everything this Advent, our cry to God might be, if only God would tear open the heavens and just come down. That we might know God with us in the immensity of what we are facing. Surely this is the starting point for Advent, that longing. Know what it goes on to say, it says this, And when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. This is the Advent message. During Advent, we wait, we wait expectantly for the Lord and we wait and we pray that the Lord would come down. And he would come to save and to redeem and to put right what is wrong in our world, to move and to act with justice, to avenge enemies, to deal with the spiritual forces of darkness in our world which are causing so much havoc and the sin that reigns in our hearts and the effects of that seen in war and pestilence and disease in so many different ways in our world. Our world waits and it yearns for God to tear open the heavens and to come down in majesty and power. And God's people look back and they remember those times when God did come down and move and act and what a difference it made and they long for it again. No matter what circumstances you are facing this morning, no matter what situation you are in, no matter the burdens that you are holding this morning and carrying, hear this message. Cry out to God. And ask that God would come down and then wait. Wait upon the Lord. He loves you. He is for you. He will come. He will act again. He does long to be present in your life. Know what it says. You come to the help of those who gladly do right. 
who remember your ways. But when we continue to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. O oh Lord, look on us, we pray. For we are your people. Powerful words this morning. He is our father. He is the potter. We are the clay. So often we are resistant to God working in our lives. So often we do not seek him as we should. We do not seek to lay hold of God and all that he has for us. And then we blame God when life does not go right. We blame God for the circumstances we find ourselves in and for the pain and the grief we experience in our lives. But God is gracious. Often the fault lies with us. But he is the potter and we are the clay and he longs to move and to work in our lives. If only we would call on him and wait upon him. In those seasons of suffering and pain and uncertainty and grief, God works. He even works in our moments of rebellion and our moments of remembering afresh who he is and coming back to him. And he, mo he works in our seasons of waiting and seasons of stillness and silence when we wonder what God is up to. Life's a light clay this morning. We may feel chipped and dry and broken beyond repair. Good news is this, that we are in the hands of the potter. And in the hands of the potter, all things are possible. God is the master of making something beautiful out of brokenness. The wonderful thing about Advent is that the prayer that the people offered was answered. It was answered that first Christmas God did tear open the heavens. And he did come down. He came in the form of a child. He came as the king of heaven. And yet he did not come to live in a palace. Behind big walls and gates removed from his people. Rather he came in humility. Born into humble surroundings. Born to live and walk with ordinary people like you and I. And to walk with people in their suffering and grief. As he comes, his presence changes everything. One touch from him and the blind saw. One touch from him and the deaf could hear. One touch from him and the lame could walk. And the people marveled and said, Who has seen a God like this? Those grieving came to him. And a touch from him saw the dead rise to life again. And those questioning and seeking hope, hope for this life and hope for the life to come came. And they heard his teachings 
and marveled at what he taught about the kingdom of God. This marvelous place where the wrongs of this world would be made right. A place of no more weeping or crying nor pain. A place where God one day would permanently reside in fullness with his people and there would be peace. It's Advent we look back and we look forward. We look back to that first Advent, the first coming of Christ and we note that it marked the beginning of the answer to that prayer in Isaiah that God would tear open the heavens and come down and be present with his people. We also look forward noting that in many ways we as a world are still waiting, still longing for the fullness of God's presence in our lives and in our world. We await the coming of his kingdom and fullness, but while we wait, we thank God that we can know his presence today. We can know personally, Emmanuel, God with us. He is with you in your suffering. He is the potter. We are the clay. During this pandemic, God is at work in our lives and in our church and in our world. He longs to make something beautiful out of the brokenness. Our call this morning is just to rest in him. Maybe you're feeling like your clay this morning is dried up and crumbling. Maybe you feel fragile this morning, broken and chipped by this year that has gone past and just ready to be thrown out. Thank the Lord that he is the potter and we are the clay. God never discards us nor gives up on us. He is able to bring something beautiful out of brokenness. He excels in working in times of pain and suffering and grief. To make us more like Jesus. And to redeem us. And to save us. And to do a new work in our lives as we wait. And that is the story of the cross. And that is the story that we're going to celebrate. In a moment. That hope that we have this morning. Of beauty out of brokenness. Of a God who is present with us in our sufferings. And who even suffers on the cross for us. Our suffering servant. Oh, what a saviour we have. Why don't we pray together? And then as the worship song plays. You can log on and join us on Zoom. And we'll celebrate communion together. In our homes. Let's pray. Lord, beauty out of brokenness. Lord, for those of us this morning who are feeling a bit broken, we thank you that those are the times that you excel in working. We thank you that you never discard us. You never throw us away. 
but rather that the good work that you start in our lives, you carry on to completion. Hallelujah. And Lord, you know what each one of us is going through this very morning. And in those times of despair, as we cry out to you, God, tear open the heavens and come down and just be with me. Thank you that the promise of Advent is this, that you have come, that you have come down, that you are present with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And Lord, in this season of our lives, you are with us in our wrestling. Lord, for the years that we walk on this earth, you are with us in our suffering. But we thank you that you came down, that you descended in order that we may ascend. That as you came down, that one day we can go up. And to be with you in that place that you have prepared for us. Hallelujah. Place of no more mourning. No more crying. No more pain. A place of perfect peace. When we will never be separated from you. But we will dwell and reside in your presence. And experience the fullness of who you are and the blessings that that brings. Hallelujah. We thank you that that is possible through the cross. We pray that you may breathe hope into our hearts this morning. As we celebrate communion together as a church family. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.